Hello and welcome to the Bristol to Beijing podcast. I'm Luke Grenfell-Shaw and I'm cycling from Bristol to Beijing on my tandem Chris. I left Bristol in January 2020 and it's fair to say it hasn't been straightforward so far. As I continue my expedition, I want to share the journey with you. And each episode, I'll be sharing my thoughts and experiences from the past week on the road. And occasionally, I'll also be chatting with someone who can shed some light on the countryman in as I try and understand the world a little better. So, without further ado, what's happened this past week? Well, Kate, we're here on the streets of Almaty. We spent a week and a half here in the city. I think I speak for both of us when we say we have really loved our time here. And you know, just around us, we've got some shady green leafy trees, some road noise in the background. There's a little guy wearing a, a Batman t-shirt and his, his mother's dressed very elegantly in some skinny jeans and a black top. That's just a very random selection of things that are going on. But it's a nice place to be. Yes, I think I'm going to miss Almaty when we leave tomorrow. It's been not unexpected, because I don't think I had many expectations, but it's definitely been a pleasant treat. Mm. I think what's interesting for me about Almaty is that I've now been in at least sort of three or four major former Soviet cities in Central Asia. And like Bishkek was the first one. And that had a lot of greenness to it, Mm -hmm. a lot of trees, which surprised me at the time a lot. And it also felt quite peaceful and relaxed. Mm -hmm. And actually that's true of Tashkent as well. I'd say that's true broadly of Shimkent, also in Kazakhstan. But I think to me what sets apart Almaty is this kind of very cool vibe where people really have their own gigs and their own kind of individual way of doing things. And I I definitely feel this is like displayed in the dress. And we're seeing people with tattoos, ponytails, um, you know, wearing whatever you want. And that's quite different, say, suddenly from like Tashkent. Yes, it's a big contrast in that sense to Uzbekistan. And I think also the people we've met over the last week have all been really interesting and had good stories to tell, opinions on things. I think I've generally learned a lot over the last week. Yeah, and I think people have been like very forthcoming about their opinions on on Kazakhstan, mm. which as a traveller, it's, it's a huge treat when you get someone who is willing and able just to sort of dive in and humour our questions. I mm. mean, I asked a group at the end of the B2B challenge, which yes. we'll talk about very soon, you know, what is the Kazakh identity? Yeah. And of course, that's like, you know, what is the British identity? Very, very difficult question <laughs> to answer. Question to but we had some really interesting thoughts of like, it's, it's about freedom. Mm. That was one sort of topic that came up. Another another topic was that yeah, everyone has gone to the same school. And, you know, every, so Kazakhs, Russians, Koreans, Ukrainians, Tatars, they've all been together at school. And that gives them a sort of commonality. And I yeah. found that just these different ideas of what it is to be Kazakh quite interesting and also to be very welcoming and also the idea that Almaty is a bit of a melting pot of all these different identities and it comes together in quite a harmonious way I guess yeah it's certainly what it appears from being here for you know a week and a half which Mm. isn't that long we were told that during the second world war the Soviet Union moved all its intellectuals Scientists. scientists you know, kind of cultural figures all to Almaty as a sort of safe place which mm. was a far removed from the, the European front and that is partly what's given Almaty its richness. Yeah, even artists, um, 
was told that you know, Moscow Ballet were removed, relocated here. In the Moscow um, Ballet, yeah. really? And there's a theatre that was built and opened up in Almaty here in 1941 for them to perform in. So they were able to continue dancing throughout the Second World War. I mean, those sort of little tidbits are just a small taste of what we've experienced over the last week. Let's jump back to the B2B challenge, because for me, that has been the highlight mm. of this week. And so often... It's both a highlight, it's also like one of the most exhausting days as well. Yeah. At least for me, that's how I find it. Yeah. Um, so, tell us about it, Kate. Well, we're halfway, almost, give or take, halfway through your journey from Bristol to Beijing. And so it was decided to organise something called the B2B Challenge. Now, this was just a way to get people involved with what it is that Luke's doing. So getting people to make up their own little adventures, to go out on the weekend and travel from somewhere starting with a B to somewhere finishing with a B in their own way with other people getting friends involved and it was something that we set up here as well we did a run on Saturday morning from the Botanical Gardens Mm -hmm. to a coffee shop called Bowler's so there's the B there (laughs) yep so Botanical Gardens to Bowler's and a cycle in the evening so how did you find it what did you take away from those experiences I I think it's very very special the way that a group of people come together with not really exactly a common goal, but like a a willingness to just have fun, you know, yes. and you've like everyone sort of got in the mindset that we're going to have a good time together. Mm. And I think that's the wonderful thing that, you know, as a team, we've been sharing all the different things that we've been doing. I think that's one of the things that's come out of it is that, yes, it takes some work to organize it and set up, but then hearing like, how much positive energy is generated by mm. these events. Yeah, I think it, it's hugely rewarding. And at the beginning of the cycle ride, we had, I don't know, like 20 different people, 10 of them hopped on Chris, you know, for a little spin mm. around the block. And for me, like just hearing the kind of the cries and the, the whoops and the sort of mm. the, the joyousness of people experiencing riding on Lord a tandem for the first time. As they're on the back seat. Exactly. So that was very special. And yeah, we had a little bit of a, a last minute sort of hiccup when we had to change the route because it was sort of yes. deemed to be a bit unsafe for cyclists. And I realised that in these situations, I'm a consensus sort of guy. I'm like, right, team, what should we do? But when you've got like 20 different people, you're like, well, where should we go? And that's not a good way of handling Leadership things. Leadership is kind of required in that situation. Yeah, and you're, you were telling me that as your time as a teacher carting school children around <laughs> London you, you know how to lay down the law which is something I don't yeah I think it's yeah it's key to have someone who knows where they're going which I guess when you're you know in a different city a new city it is quite a hard thing to do but something actually that you probably don't know about Luke is we did our cycle ride on Saturday but Luke was featured in the local press here and there was an article written about him inviting people to come and join for a cycle ride on Sunday now on Sunday we had plans there was a 12k race so we weren't doing a cycle ride on Sunday but a group of people turned up at the Botanical Gardens for a cycle ride on Sunday. No oh, Luke. really? No Luke, no me, no Chris. But this um, is because it was in the newspaper that it was on a Sunday. Because it was in the newspaper. So I had some messages whilst we were doing this race saying they were there. And you know, I said my apologies, really sorry, say it was wrong. But these guys decided to cycle anyway. So they cycled oh, from the Botanical Gardens to Rushy Bauma, which is where we had originally planned to cycle. Oh, they nice. did the whole route, 69 kilometres. 69? Yeah. I, what? I think it probably had a bit extra added on the beginning and end. But I was sent photos of them at the beginning, oh. at the end, and of their route. So 
even though we weren't there, they'd taken inspiration and gone for it anyway. Oh, that is really awesome. I didn't know that. That's that's really cool. That makes me very happy to hear. Um, so it shows that the, the message, the idea, the, the getting out there, the doing something, spread. And it wasn't because you were there. It happened anyway. There's the beginnings of real longevity, which is, of course, what we'd hope for, what we'd aim for. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to sort of talk a bit more about you know, what it was just a cycle around Almaty because you know, most people will never have been here and probably have very little conception of it. But like, yeah, you know, there are cycle lanes around the place. Yeah, and you know, it's on a hill. It goes like straight up into the mountains. Mm. It, it's easy going north. And yes. It's hard going south, as we discovered on our first day. Yes, you're either going entirely downhill or entirely uphill, pretty much. I would say when we arrived, I didn't think it was a particularly bike-friendly city, but actually. I think having spent some time here and going on the ride on Saturday, I realised that I think there are things that are being done to make it more bike friendly. Definitely. Just to go back to the the cycle ride that we did, how many tandems were there, Kate? There were not one, not two. There were four tandems. That's eight people cycling on tandems. And they were quite special. The other three tandems, yes. right? So, what was the group that was? Um, they were from a group that we mentioned in our last episode called. In English, Sport Without Borders, and in Russian... Sport Yes, Granits. Yes, I can't quite pronounce that. But basically, it's a group that encourage and provide ways to allow disabled people to do things that otherwise might be not possible for them. So, for example, there are some guys we met that were blind, and they are cycling on a tandem on the back seat, so they don't need to be able to see for directions. They have someone else doing that, but they're still able to move their legs. We also met a woman called Bakhtagul. She's mm-hmm. a very special lady. She's got the most enormous smile on her face. Yes. Incredibly warm and just the first thing that she did to both of us was give us a huge hug. Yep. Complete strangers which was just wonderful for that warmth. And she has a prosthetic leg. Yes. But she hasn't let that stop her do some very impressive challenges. Right? No. She has swum across the Bosphorus which is an incredible challenge by any standard let alone with one leg. So that's amazing. We also bumped into her at the Almaty 12k race yesterday and she joined us for the cycle ride on Saturday as well. So that's some incredible, incredible work. We've met some really incredible people here and that is always one of the joys of traveling. Mm. But we also got some time alone. We took yeah. a bit of adventure ourselves we did. to explore some of Almaty's nature. Mm-hmm. We left under some quite Leak circumstances. Yes, uh, nature at its you know strongest. Torrential storm, thunder and lightning like I've never seen before, and we're driving two hundred kilometres or so east of the city. Yeah, I mean we had probably about an hour and a half of lightning every five minutes. Yeah, I mean, lightning strikes across the whole sky every five minutes. Not at all typical for Almaty as well. So climate change is biting here. Yeah, you took us on an interesting route. Right? <laughs> What happened there? My navigation skills took us off the main road, which, you know, beautifully tarmacked, easy to drive on, onto a side road, which had a lot of potholes. But that wasn't the sort of only dodgy road we experienced over the two days we were away. It was the only dodgy driving that we experienced, though. (laughs) Honestly, I was in the passenger seat and we just, like, slam into these potholes. And I was like, oh, my God, like, we're going to have a flat tyre in the middle of nowhere. But we didn't. Anyway, so... We carried on, got to where we were camping in the dark, which I always find quite a magical experience because you're pitching a tent, you have no idea about your surroundings. 
and then when you wake up it's a surprise yeah i'd never thought about it like that before but it is it is nice it wasn't so nice doing that night driving but it was it was fun in its way we were there to see some beautiful lakes kolsai and kundai lakes and we got to kolsai fine and what was surprising there was it was packed with kazakh tourists absolutely heaving and like, Absolutely I don't think I've seen that many tourists since pre twenty twenty. Exactly, exactly. But there were tour buses. There were just a car park was full. And you know, to be honest, it was just really nice to see people enjoying themselves and appreciating nature in particular, yep. rather than just being stuck indoors. Mm. Um, obviously, there are risks and consequences to this, but you know, this is the way Kazakhstan is running its its country. Yeah. But what I think I enjoyed more was our second trip in the afternoon that day to another lake. Which had a bit of a dodgy road. Yes. So Luke tried to get our hire car up this road. Uh, after two attempts, we realised that was not going to work. So, so we... let's just picture this road, guys. It's it's not a road. It's like a track. And there are like stones the size of melons like all yeah. over the place. And we get up about 200 metres along this track. And then all of a sudden we start hearing this horrible scraping along the bottom of the car. Yes. We get over that. And then we basically (laughs) almost beach the car over the next bump. And after this bump, we're just like... Not happening. Not happening. So we get this guy who's in an old Soviet Jeep. Yes. Four by four. He makes his living by driving people up and down to the lake from the main road. And what is amazing is that he makes a living. Because that Jeep should not work. <laughs> no. The number of times the engine cut out and he sort of had to go lift up the bonnet, do some tinkering, yeah. give it a good slam and then... Yeah, yeah. Like the, the car stopped like four times going up. And at times it looked quite dodgy that we'd get it started again. But definitely glad we didn't take the car, car up because it was like on a roller coaster. We were yes. bumping up and down the whole way. 12 kilometres of it. Yeah. But then when we got up there, it was not another like, what, two kilometre walk to the lake? How can you describe that for us? Can you put into words what it was you saw when we came through the clearing? Yeah. This is a really special lake. We kind of walk down this pine-wooded slope and we see this emerald blue water and rising up either side of these grey mountains. And what really sets us apart is sticking up out of the lake are these old pine trunks mm. and they're they're partially bleached and i love what you said that they're sort of like modern art that you've got these mm. pine trees all over the lake like sticking vertically upwards and some of them are a bit wonky some of them are a bit whiter and graying but it felt quite ethereal yes it, it felt like a... lord of the rings that's exactly what i was about to say it was like diving into some sort of fantasy world. There was an earthquake in 1911 which caused a dam to be built from there the There weren't rocks. some sort of beavers like, <laughs> oh, there's an earthquake, right, it's time to build our dam. <laughs> um, the, the valley fall flooded and it flooded a forest. So that is a flooded forest that's um, over 100 years. What I find amazing is that those tree trunks are still there after 100 yes. years and they haven't rotted. I, I don't quite understand it, to be honest, myself. But, no, no, but... They're, they're, Maybe it's because the water is so cold and the yes. air is quite temperate. I mean, also quite cold. We went swimming. I was about to say, how do you know the water was so cold? <laughs> Everyone else knew the water was really cold because as one of us got in, there were shrieks coming <laughs> from the water. Can you explain it was, this? It was beautiful, but it was, I would say, less than five degrees, the water. So we sort of dived in. Sort of struggled to catch our breath, swam out a little bit, and then legged it back into the side. Yeah. 
But what I want to just log here for the record is that back in February 2020, Kate brought me into the Serpentine Lake in London when there was frost on the ground. <laughs> and I went in and I was quite chuffed with that. Yeah. I spent about no more than a minute in the water. Ever since then, Kate has always ribbed me for the fact I spent less than a minute in the water while she swanned around for about five minutes. <laughs> well, Kate, your your bragging days are over. You know, we were in we there. We matched just, each other. We matched each other. Yeah. You've got to re-establish your swimming, cold water swimming dominance. Yes. Well, you know, I think we both acclimatised the hot weather, so it was probably more of a shock than, than normal. But that was a beautiful trip. And then we stopped by a canyon on the way home and returned back to Armadie. Yeah, and um, so now we're really looking ahead. We're leaving tomorrow. We're going to be heading to Bishkek. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be your final stint on the bike for yep. a while. Yeah, second border crossing, third country for me in this little trip. And I'll be flying back from Kyrgyzstan, leaving Luke to continue on the road to Beijing. Can you guess what you might miss the most or treasure the most from this time? Oh, gosh. I think it's quite hard to think about whilst I'm here. I think it will take me probably a few days at home to be able to reflect back on on this trip but i will share that with you guys next week yeah well look forward to sort of catching up when you're back in the uk and we're um, not face to face once more that's a bit of an update from Almaty. yeah from this slightly noisy cafe outside and um yeah until next week Bye. And that was this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for listening. We put a lot of time into the podcast, so please do support us by subscribing, reviewing, and rating. And please send in your questions that you have about any aspect of life on the road to Bristol to Beijing on social media. Until next week, goodbye.